This is episode 34 of the Chick in Charge podcast with CEO of All-in-One Security, Mary Parker. Today's guests are Adla Fonsi Donestorg and Alicia Chucky Hansen, candidates for governor and lieutenant governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands. The two former senators have a long history of service to their country and have united to run as independent candidates, hoping to bring real change to the U.S. Virgin Islands in November. Please join Mary for a lively discussion and an inside look at how the political game unfolds in this island paradise. Welcome to the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Mary Parker, CEO of All-in-One Security and your host of the Chick in Charge podcast. You know, I'm always excited when we have the opportunity to come come and greet you. And today is no different. We are so excited about our guest. And I know you're probably wondering, where's my sidekick, Sarah Smith? Well, Sarah isn't with us today, but Port Wilson is. And Port is always here supporting us. So thank you so much, Port. But we are excited today because we have stretched beyond what we normally bring to you. Today, we're going to be talking politics. Just briefly, we're going to have a conversation with two candidates who are running for governor, and that is Atla Donastar from the U.S. Virgin Islands. And with him, running for lieutenant governor, is Alicia Hansen. Alicia is known as Chucky, and Adla is known as Fonzie. So if I switch their names back and forth today, just know that it's the same guest. We're excited. We're going to start with Chucky. Chucky, if you will just tell us briefly, why politics and why at such a time as this are you running for a lieutenant governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands? Well, first of all, I'd like to say greetings to you and the, all the audience, that lovely audience that you have. I want to say that this is a great opportunity and I want to assure you that we really appreciate it. Especially we have so many constituents in the area of Atlanta, Georgia, right here. So uh, we've been calling them and saying, listen, pay attention to this show. And some of them are already aware of this great program. So uh, I want to say that in response to your question, that it has always been in my blood. I was unaware in 1986 when I first went on the ballot that I was actually um, a politician through my grandmother. It was one of her uh, constituents that told me, and it was an elderly person at that time, she said, you're going to win. And I, I hardly knew English at the time. And, uh, and then I said, really? And she said, yes. I said, why are you so sure? She said, because your grandmother was a great politician around here, and she assisted other politicians. I said, I was never aware of that. And she <laughs> said, it's in your blood, and you're going to win. So I, I won. Uh, the first uh, person to have won in the Virgin Islands without a party affiliation. 
Uh, so I broke that and continued to win and come like my partner here. Uh, for many years on top of the pack, I retired, I believe, around 2002, and people continue to insist that I return. So after 10 years, I decided yes, and here they brought me back on top. Uh, I think we have outlived the level of uh, the Senate. I didn't think about it until the fourth candidate who asked me to run with them, and the only one I considered was Adla Fancy Donna Story. And here I am. Oh, congratulations, congratulations. And thank you so much for that general overview. Audience, as you can tell, I'm so excited to be with her today. And I'm going to, before we bring Adla on, I'm going to just say this is definitely the year of woman power. Oh, and absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And we're going to encourage and support and be with you for the entire <clears throat> remainder of this journey. You will never regret it. I, I believe you. <laughs> and, and also because Grandma said, Grandma said, you know, you, we all have stories. If yes. we had relationships with our grandmothers, we all have stories about what Grandma said. Yes, and absolutely. And so I'm, I'm just so in, in, inspired that you have a history with your grandmother as well. So I'm going to switch over here uh, for a moment with uh, Atla Fonsi. Donna Story. Donna Story. I have to keep looking at the name because one way is pronounced in India and West Indies, and then yeah. there's another way. So anywho, we are with Fonsi. Fonsi. Fonsi, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and what are you feeling about this race, especially with your candidate, with your... Well, uh, I say good morning, uh, first of all, and I, I thank God every day for giving me the strength to persevere under very challenging circumstances, Amen. I would often say. Um, I, when, I, when I decided to, um, to tap Senator Hansen, it was not just based on convenience, it was based on friendship. It started with friendship because I think you're as good as the people that you surround yourself with. And uh, deciding it was not my first hurrah in running for governor of the Virgin Islands. And, um, and I felt that uh, the perfect partner would be someone that was strong. It was very easy for me to tap a woman, a strong woman, I think that could serve as an example to a lot of women in the Virgin Islands. And uh, when you look at Senator Hansen's track record, and, and then I'll shift over to talk about myself. Um, when, when, when you look at uh, Senator Hansen's history, uh, I think she already has a legacy. You know, she has break many, many barriers. I've never had a child. I've never uh, been reluctant about surrounding myself with women. Uh, after all, you know, now getting to me, I served in, the, in many capacities in the institution, the legislature of the Virgin Islands, from being the chairman of the most powerful committee, and that's something that Senator Hansen and I have in common. We chaired the finance committee and uh, chaired government operations, chaired the planning and environmental protection committees, and I think it was a really easy fit uh, between her and I. I served as the liaison to the United States Congress. She served as the liaison to the White House. You know, so there's a lot of similarities there. We, we chart a course that landed us in the top position in our respective districts, uh, me being in uh, St. Thomas, St. John District, and Water Island, and Senator Hansen being in St. Croix. I think we've ran first more than uh, at least four consecutive times, which is, in fact, um, something that you know we established without having or having uh, anything out outside of that in common you know but we also held a lot of positions um 
outside even of uh, the institution of the legislature and, and being parts of PTA, uh, having, uh, I formed the Governmental Industrial Basketball League where I, I believe in <laughs> athletics as well. And um, I believe in sports tourism. Uh, we share so much in common. Uh, so it was, in fact, an easy fit. You know, I, I left the Virgin Islands at 15 years of age. I went to California on my own. And uh, I, I was forced to be an adult, you know, get into California. I registered into a school. I graduated from high school, moved on to Mount San Antonio College, went to Cal State Wow, Fullerton, that is impressive. And, you know, worked what you call the graveyard shift. And, I and know people, that graveyard shift. And people don't know about, you know, and it's, it's always important to share your humble beginnings because I think it, it, realistically speaking, I think it appeals to those, especially a lot of those young people who may be experiencing hardship, challenges, and uh, they could derive some motivation from knowing that persons that they feel are accomplished had humble beginnings and had to chart a course that was really rugged courses. And uh, I often share that with the young people at the Virgin Islands. Oh, that is that is wonderful. And you know, I'm so happy you said that. And, and listening audience, please take note of what I'm about to say. So often people see us and recognize us as the persons we are today. Mm -hmm. But they don't even consider the fact that there were some things we had to overcome in order to be these people of today. So thank you for sharing that. And yeah. for those of you listening, please, I want to also say that the humble beginnings despise not your small beginnings because, you know, we perfect ourselves and the things we do by taking small steps. And once we have really understood the lessons of those opportunities, it better equipped us to move forward. And that's what I'm hearing from both of you today, that you started somewhere, you looked out, you sought the needs of the people and the community, and you became involved as a person before a politician. And so now that you're politicians, it sounds that you still carry those same characteristics with you. So let's talk about that for a moment. What are some of the <clears throat> things, be it mainland here in the US or on the US Virgin Islands, a young person, you left home at 15, and that, that was very impressive. You have, I think I've got you by three years. I left at 12. Wow. Yes. Mm. And, uh, but what are some of the things that you did or, or some of the things you'd like to offer as advice for our listeners, and especially those young women who are interested in politics? Well, I would like to begin by saying what I talk about all the time at our schools, at our uh, junior centers and so forth. And you're so correct, Mary. People look at us as what we are today. Yes. And I love, I enjoy reminding them and telling them where I was. Yes. Because that inspires them to understand that you too can move up. Don't give me an excuse that your mother was a single parent. Don't get, I didn't, I never met my father. And when I had the opportunity to meet him, I had no interest. I was already a grown woman. Was I angry? No, never. I just had no interest. I had, a, as far as I was concerned, the one that raised me was my real father. And I know to move on. So don't get stuck 
okay? I, I was raised by an elder couple that I recognized as my parents. They were not rich. When I left Puerto Rico, where I was born, by the way, <laughs> and raised, I went to St. Croix to meet my other relatives, and I only had a one-way ticket. And guess what I did not have? The English language. So you've had, in addition to other barriers, you've also had the language the barrier language barrier as well. And I fell in love with someone that didn't know Spanish. <laughs> Who's there? And my husband today. And he was an English-speaking man. Only English. And so love has no language. I can testify to that. But I had determination. I saw how people make money. And I didn't know how to clean fish. You know, we live on islands, so you have uh, natural fish and all of that stuff, good stuff. But I saw where others were making money with what they call fish fries. They sell rum, they sell fish, they sell Johnny Cakes, you know, all those goodies and, and fried chicken. And I didn't know a word they were saying when they would call for it. But I observed, and I said, I got to make money. Wow, that is so, so okay. interesting. And I did it. Yeah. And I didn't know how to clean the fish, but he wanted me. He knew how to do it. So we took a 100 pound of fish and he cleaned it. I can't get him to clean it today because he has me already, right? <laughs> <laughs> but talking about having you already, we tell these young people, that's why you have to hold yourself back. You are a temple. Woman, young woman, you are the temple. So don't let any man abuse your body. Because if he gets it easy, he's going to only have fun and move on. And he's going to only want to marry the woman who he knows that he had difficulties getting that precious thing. Oh, my gosh, this is really interesting. We're going to chime you back in, but I have to make a comment here. <laughs> you know, I, I've been single for many years now, and I, I go to my, I have, all of my siblings are married. And it's okay to be single, Mary. If you're going to get a bad man, you need to be single. Oh, yes. And I, if, you ha if you're getting married, don't stay in the marriage just because. Just because. It has to be love, respect. Love it, love it, love it. So when I'm speaking with my brother-in-laws, one of the things I ask them, you know, tell me. I, I just want to get into the minds of the men, but I also want to know when they're talking the truth as well because mm -hmm. I work all the time. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about dating and, you know, that kind of thing. Making love and all of that stuff. No, no, right. no, no. That, okay. that, that can, can wait when there. I'm that's done working. Made, that's what made us, okay? <laughs> we, can, we can get into all of that when I'm yes. done working. But, uh, but what she's saying is so very true. I have a daughter and three granddaughters. Mm. And it's very important, ladies, for you to also remember that in the day when I came up <clears> as a security <throat> officer and charted my course through that of an executive security uh, person, uh, in the 70s, we know many times it was expected that we didn't stand for we didn't stand for the morals that we knew that we had. And in order to get to the top, it was often expected that you laid down first. Absolutely. 
And it's still happening. It's still but happens. not like in the past. No. Well, nowadays, I think, you know, lost. the ladies are getting a little bit more smart, so to speak, and they're getting highly I paid. But that's place. a conversation Should for I take another off day. My headset and go back <laughs> and, <laughs> and so Fonzie is going to chime in right now because this is wonderful. Well, and all of this is very important in politics because the things we do today, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. all the pictures and all of the <clears throat> social media platforms you're using. Just remember, once it's out there, you cannot take it back. So That's be right. very, very careful. And I'm turning it over to you, Fonzie. Well, well, you know, I must, I must start with saying that um, I believe in being candid. And one of, one of, the, one of the great qualities that I, I, I truly admire in Senator Hansen is her ability to be candid to be straightforward, Absolutely. to be honest. You know, and, and I remember someone asking me um, when the decision was made, why Senator Hansen, you know, she's so strong and she's so this and she's so that. I say exactly that. Because understand that you want someone there that can compliment you, Absolutely. someone that can fight with you. Yes. Because we're fighting for the people at the Virgin Islands. We're fighting to regain a right for them. If you look at us compared to the other candidates, there's a significant difference. Absolutely. We're diametrically opposed, okay? And, and, and what you have in this unification here provides a different form of leadership for people, one that they can relate to. But I want to bounce back a little bit on this issue of empowering women. Yes. I've never had a problem with it. When I became a senator, my chief of staff was a woman. When I became Senate president, my chief of staff was a woman. When I became the finance chair, my post editor was a woman. I was raised by three sisters. I was the youngest. I am the youngest. Uh, my older brother died about 14 years ago, but I was always considered the baby of the family. And uh, interesting enough, people would arrive at the conclusion that he's spoiled because he's the baby, but I was the most independent. I left home early, and I just wanted to explore. I wanted to go out there, I wanted to learn, I wanted to learn on my own. But you know, I, I must say that the persons who instilled uh, certain qualities in me were my three sisters. And they had three different personalities. Mm -hmm. You see, and with them three different personalities, I think they provided me with a certain balance. And you know, between them, of course, siblings will always have their little rivalries or arguments and falling outs. Mm -hmm. And I would never follow with any of my sisters. So <laughs> I was like the bridge between them. They would stop talking for a month and I would have to be the one to go and relay messages to this one and take it back to the other one and try to bring them back together. And they would tell you that today. You know, so it, it, I think I was able to relate to women. And something Senator Hansen just you know, spoke about uh, in, in terms of the way, and I'm going to look at things from a man's perspective, and it's, it's very true. Uh, it's based on personal experience, and it's based on experiences of friends. You know, you tend to place value on a woman depending on her behavior patterns, depending on how she carries herself, you know, depending on how she interacts, depending on you know, certain qualities that you see in her. And if certain things come easy, there, it, it becomes like, uh, well, I'm not special. 
as a man. And perhaps this person, I'm not seeing the kind of qualities in this person, and maybe I would see the qualities elsewhere. So when the toughness come in and you experience the toughness, you say, uh-huh, she must have been tough with everyone else. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? I do, I so do. It's, it's a psychological thing. And of course, people in their minds have all types of different biases. You know, and, and I, I can't think of one person that doesn't have a bias in their mind. Even when it comes to the selection and tapping, you might like guys with very short hair or bald-headed. That's a bias. You may not like a person with hair. That's a bias. Well, you know, you, you know? can say that. My daughter will say, Mom, you really don't know what type of man you want. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, well, that's okay because I'm going to let him choose yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see where it goes from there. But I wanted to chime in on a couple of things that you said. Mm -hmm. And one, I, I was so reminded of uh, James Brown. And I, I, I use this a lot. And James Brown always says that, well, in his song, he says that this is a man's world. Mm -hmm but it's nothing without the woman in it. Mm -hmm. And what he means by that is exactly what you're saying. When you named off three women who were at the top of your administration or the mm -hmm. organizations you ran, uh, that means that you're a very, very smart man. And I applaud you for recognizing the qualities within women early, but I, and I also applaud you for not only just knowing about it, because, you know, and there's no pun intended here, but men know. If you look back, and I, I, I will go back to when my career started early on, you know, in the 70s and 80s, it was the women behind the scene anyway. We just didn't need that credibility. We mm -hmm. knew our value, mm -hmm. and our value was in the back making sure that our leaders had everything they needed. So once they presented, they were the strong ones. But we know. We know what went on in the background. And you know, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt always said, you know, sometimes it takes a woman to get in hot water before the men realize how strong we are. Mm -hmm. So we thank you for recognizing that. And I also thank you so much for knowing the partner that you have chosen in Senator Hansen. Thank you. Thank you. Did you have well, any comments at this time? Uh, yes, uh, I, I do. Uh, that's the man that I know. I'd love fancy Donna Stork. Uh, it is significant because... It's a difference, as he said, between us and the other candidates. They have joined forces together by convenience. We know each other. We work in the past with each other. He has been a senator of the past. I was there, and of course he left, and I continued. Uh, so I know the things he stands for. He knows the things I stand for, and I know what he stands for and what he would not stand for. So it was comfortable for me to make the decision, of course, with negotiations, and it had nothing to do with who will go top or who will go to the second place. That was not the negotiation. The negotiation is how we're going to move our people forward. And how we're going to move our people forward. And you guys are making such a great team. Now, what impact are you having uh, on your other on the other candidates? Oh, can Let's I respond to that one? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> they are frightened because the people loves us, that we call ourselves the dream team because it came from an elderly person that said, that's the dream we're looking for. And I say, you know, that's what we're going with. That's what we're going to go with, the dream team. Because the dream team means people are looking for hope. Yes. And they're standing yes. for hope. And they're going to get 
that day that they're looking for. And it's especially important uh, that you are able to instill that hope with them to set an expectation of what your deliverables will be once you're in office. Mm -hmm. You've got the hurricane that destroyed the the island. Two hurricanes. Two, that's right. You've got the politics of the now, what's going on in our country today. And people are hungry. They're hungry for leadership. They're hungry for people with integrity. They're supporting people that they believe in. We're doing the same thing here in the U- in, in Georgia. Oh, As I'm you excited know, about we've that got too. Stacey Abrams who's leading yes. the pack for us here. And, uh, and we're just excited. It is absolutely the day of the woman. And yeah. woman power shall prevail. <laughs> and strong men like yourself who recognize our timing will be rewarded as well. Absolutely. And uh, in conclusion to the question that you asked, the opposition, they're scared because they recognize that the people want us. And therefore, they're going to throw all kinds of things that we expect them to throw out. Uh But guess what? We will overcome every one of them. When we signed on to be a team, we knew that we're going to be strong from day one. And therefore, the opposition, they cannot hit us on our record. So they're going to try to hit us personally. Mm-hmm. But when they throw, they better be ready to get it back. Okay? <laughs> and it. they know that. So I they'll be it. slow on it. Yes, we, we are port get ready because we will be in San Juan, Puerto Rico during their election. And I told them last night, we'll be there to host the part, the inauguration party. How's that? Absolutely. <laughs> we expect you to. And, and the, only, the only problem we may have is that we'll have to be in two places the same day at different times, because, you know, we will be celebrating here. Yeah, right here. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, our inauguration uh, will probably be on different dates. Uh, we certainly would love to see you there. Absolutely. Oh, we'll so sure. be there. We'll be there. We have a lot of Virgin Islanders living in Atlanta. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you see as a change in economics. As you take as you take office, uh, your platform. I've studied it very well. I love your platform, education, transportation, mm-hmm. the things that I stand for and represent as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you'll just talk to us a little bit about your platform and how can we support you from afar across okay, the water? Okay, turn it over to our leader. Well, <clears throat> and that's a good that's a good question. I, I I want to dismiss one thing real quick, right? I think that our objective and goal. You see that word that you often use, politicians? Politicians have a negative connotation in the majority of people's minds. At home. And we're looking at home mm-hmm. a, a lot of places. Well, here as <laughs> and, well. Uh, here as well. <laughs> it has a negative connotation, and, and, and we're hoping with our style or type of leadership that we offer to the people that we can dismiss that and start being referred to as statesmen and women. Oh, nice. Because I think that... The, because of the quality of life in the Virgin Islands and elsewhere, probably abroad, that politicians have earned a horrible reputation, and that's why they have earned that title. Uh, we receive yeah. that. Yeah. Statesmen and women. Yeah. Okay, very Now get good. into the platform. Okay. Uh, edu- let, let's start with education, because I think education should be at the top of our priorities. You know, just like any place else, you're experiencing your challenges here, uh, and certainly it starts with the teachers in the classrooms. And I mean, the environment in which they speak in, I mean, they, they teach um, in, uh, as well as uh, 
the tools and all the resources that they need to operate. We have to steer more money into that section. We have to make sure that our teachers are properly paid. We have to make sure that they teach in a first-class environment. You know, the Virgin Islands, all the infrastructure, the schools have been severely damaged. Right. And this recovery process, in fact, the governor just said that he was going to open schools uh, on, when was it, Tuesday? Uh, actually, the, one, the first day, yeah. the 28th of August. Yeah, and um, that never happened. They postponed it. They opened school. They put portable units on a, on a, on a, on a track and field. Um, and it's full of water. It's like a pool of water. So, you know, it's poor planning. And it's poor planning to the point where uh, there's diminishing returns for just everyone in education. There's a lot of grants that we can pursue. We want to develop a grant writing office that can, in fact, make sure that they have checks and balances in place. Mm -hmm. So when grants are achieved that they can monitor how the grants are being spent, that they have a strategic plan in place to make sure the money is properly spent, to ensure that uh, too much of a high percentage just doesn't go in administrative costs, right. as opposed to reaching the people that it's supposed to reach. Uh, uh, something that I take great pride in is teaching our kids the basic principles of money management. I think it's essential that we start to groom our kids from a very, very early age because that would instill in them a level of thinking independent. They don't think independent. If you go to 10 households in the Virgin Islands or elsewhere, you'll note that if you ask a child the question as to what they would like to be in life or what they would like to do in life, it's always about being a laborer. It's always about either you want to be a policeman, a fireman, you want to be a professional basketball player, you want to do this, you want to do that. Yes. We know it's a low percentage when it comes to being a professional athlete. We know that it's a low percentage in a lot of different areas. But it could be a high percentage in being entrepreneurs. And not too many, especially among African Americans. Uh, 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 minds are shaped to take chances in developing their own businesses. And we want to start at that early age grades four and five. Teach them the basic principles of money management. Teach them what it is to save. Teach them that you don't spend more than you make. <laughs> right down to state taxation, right down to interest rate, default rates on credit cards. Because most of your college students, when they go on to college, they rack up bills to include credit card bills. And what, where are they left? With a loose around their necks. I, I, I agree with you 100% with everything that you just said. And one of the things we do through the Mary Parker Foundation, Raising Other Generations, we're partnering with the schools to ensure that our kids are being taught the basics mm -hmm. of financial management. Um, you mentioned savings, savings, investing, investing in some of the products that they're using, like uh -huh. Apple and Google, all of that. They're buying the games. They're playing the games. I want to also help get rid of that because I'm challenging my students, and we're also offering an investment amount that once they go through the Microsoft program that we're partnered with, learn how to software code, instead of playing the games, begin creating their own games. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking to create more younger entrepreneurs uh -huh. by doing the things, selling the stuff that they're already doing, but no one's talking to them about that. The other thing that we're talking to the school systems about is alternative learning. You know, when we were in school, yeah. high school we had shop, auto mechanics, uh, home economics, secretary, a lot of things mm -hmm. that 
once we left high school, we were equipped with a particular set of yeah, skills. That's right. They're not doing that now. So we've created a program that will parlay with traditional education along with teaching them to become entrepreneurs and owning their own business. We have a four-module course. Mm -hmm. It is called Facts University. It's launching sometime this uh, this quarter, third quarter. And um, it is the Facts University stands for Focus, Analyze, Commit, and Strategize. And we will teach cool. these business owners mm -hmm. to become CEOs of the business they now own or that they will own. But please don't forget one valuable area, technology. Oh, that is part of, yeah. that's, we have lots of time. Technology, and, and, and that's something even in the Virgin Islands, and I could get into healthcare. Yes. I can expound on a lot of different areas. But the reason I, I mention technology when it comes to kids, a little two-year-old child, you give them a cell phone or even an iPad, and watch them learn that iPad to the point where they could teach you absolutely, as an adult. Absolutely, absolutely. That tells you that there's a great interest there. And if you don't maximize that interest, if you don't try to build on that interest, then I think we would be missing the boat. Because technology is going to rule the world eventually. And when I say rule the world, that we're going to become so dependent on technology from corporations right down to the regular citizens. And if we don't start to really train our young in technology, we have the perfect infrastructure in the Virgin Islands. We have VINGN. VINGN can be used to take away, to, to move from the direction of providing the last mile, which is internet provider's responsibility. VINGN was created in the Virgin Islands for the purpose of wholesaling internet access meaning fiber optic. Now, that was under the Obama is initiative. We got a significant amount of money in the Virgin Islands, and if you ask me per capita, we probably got more than any other state that got mm -hmm. money. And the infrastructure that was built out is state of the art. All we have to do is to extend the connectivity. We have what you call uh, the, the third mile. The third mile is the connectivity between the U.S. Virgin Islands Global Crossing, which is another conglomerate, another major component to connect the entire Caribbean. So why not take VINGN and shift them a different direction in building out data centers to house all the information for the banking institution, the EDC companies of the Virgin Islands and other corporations? And even we can mandate that they provide a first tier of clouding in the Virgin Islands. So that way we would free up and still isolate money in the Virgin Islands instead of losing it to places like Puerto Rico and other places that they store their personal and uh, proprietary information. So we have to be creative in the way we think. So that that I shared with you have to do with economy. I can get into sports tourism. I can get into other things. Public-private partnership Absolutely. is our lifeline. And if we don't develop a business-friendly environment in the Virgin Islands, is going to spell trouble for us in the future. Well, I, I spoke with one of my partners this morning, and we <clears> talked <throat> about things like the P, the P3, PP3 uh -huh. and um, the access, the you know barriers to entry. It's just it's really hard as it is stay, as as it is currently yeah. for companies such as you know I'll just use my own company to come into the islands. Um, it's just very, very difficult. And I, I know exactly. I'm, we, we, are, we are familiar with exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. You see, the thing to it is starting with a very 
uh, I would say the, the, the first tier of establishing a business. I'll refer to it that way. You come in and you apply for a business license or you try to go and get a trade name. In applying for the trade name, it, it would take probably over a month to get a trade name. A trade name under our administration, we're proposing for it to be issued in one day. I okay? love That's it. number one. That's number one. Number two, when you apply for your business license, because remember you need the trade name in order to get the business right. license. I want to develop a one-stop shopping. A one-stop shopping that when you go and you apply for a business license, you could get everything done one time and leave with a license in no more than two days. Cross over to the EDC program because the EDC beneficiaries have to apply for business licenses. We want to make sure in the EDC program that we can fast track the process. Because you see, where the focus should be placed is on enforcement. Any person, any individual, any corporation who's coming with a large amount of investment is not going to come to lie on an application. So why stymie the process? We want to issue business licenses. We want to make sure in record time that investors feel that we are such a, in a business-friendly environment that it's a great interest in coming to the Virgin Islands to do business because you'll have the best of both worlds. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, your administration creates something like that. I personally will be responsible for recruiting business owners to come into the Virgin Islands. Um, I'll hold you to that. Uh, no worries <laughs> at all. And uh, the other thing that I want to say, and, and, you know, we could go on. Uh, yeah. We should have allowed more time here. <laughs> but I want to talk about women business owners because in the United States, 60% of new businesses are owned by women. What percentages are you seeing in the Virgin Islands of the women business owners? The percentage is low uh, for the difficulties that it takes to do it and usually comes in a small fashion. So they are small business owners that are involved, I would like to get the assistance that is presently not provided. Uh, we surely understand the facts of what is the obstacle that people in general will have. Now, women can be empowered by just encouragement and showing them where you at. I was a businesswoman myself, you know. I started out by having one school, I end up with five schools. Are your schools still operating? Uh, Hurricane Hugo destroyed them, and I never regretted it. And I'll tell you why. I was so personally involved, early childhood education, uh, that I was nervous every day after I got elected, and then God took care of it. I, w I didn't want to have those children without my direct supervision. I didn't know how to get out of it. And God took care of it. And parents are still asking. Grandparents are when still are asking, when are you going to reopen? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no. That's happened since 1989. Wow. Wow. This has been wonderful. Point, yeah. I know you must have a question uh, or so. <laughs> Actually, I do. Um, real quickly, I don't know. How, how might our listeners support or help your campaign? Is there anything they can do? Of course. We're getting ready to launch our website um, probably in the next, uh, um, hopefully in the next couple of days or early next week. Uh, they can visit a website, which is donnastorkhansen.com. 
and uh, there they would be able to make contributions towards the campaign. Uh, we have several other areas that people uh, can support the campaign and following us on Facebook. We got our respective Facebook pages. Uh, Senator Hansen commands our audience with her Saturday radio program, which is from 10 to 12, that you could log in or go on Facebook and, and see her live. And, um, you know, go in there and, and chime in in the discussion, uh, provide encouraging remarks, because after all, we're all humans. We may be tough and, all and exterior, but we're all humans, yes. <laughs> and that's why we selected the slogan, Together We Will Rise. Because, you know, the people at the Virgin Islands went through a very painful experience, and I, I don't think anyone on the outside could relate to it. You had to have been there to live it, to experience it. Uh, you know, the, the Virgin Islands was hit hard. And um, people today still are without rooftops, still have tarpaulin on their roofs. I'm very, very concerned with uh, the way the administration is proceeding. And, and people need to start to express themselves, even from abroad. We have a lot of Virgin Islanders that live here that have families living in the Virgin Islands, and, and they should be very concerned. We have a lot of people that ev were evacuated from the Virgin Islands that ended up here in Atlanta yes. that was totally displaced. So you, you, you have an administration that uh, they had a plan to get elected, but not a plan to govern. A and what we're proposing is not about a plan to get elected, a plan to govern. And that's our primary focus. So as Virgin Islanders and outsiders and those who are listening to us uh, within our reach, listen to our program, listen to our messages, we appeal to them to get involved in various different ways. And if they can, in fact, contribute as low as $1 if they wanted to contribute a dollar, we accept it because this is, in fact, a grassroots campaign. And a maximum of 1000 From $1? Limit. To 1,000. Yes. We will accept your contributions. Again, that website's going to be up and ready for you next week. You can start now by reaching out to them on Facebook. We've got, uh, well, go ahead, give us your call, your um, uh, your, your tag, your hashtag on okay, social media. Okay, uh, Senator Alicia Chucky Hansen on Facebook. Say that Live. slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say, uh, Senator. Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, Chucky, C-H-U-C-K-Y, Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. En español, lo mismo. Okay, very good. Now you've got it. It was so much to cover today, but I certainly hope we have piqued your interest that you will also go online and look at look at these two very capable, highly experienced individuals who's looking to run the U.S. Virgin Islands as governor and lieutenant governor. And you can walk with me because I'm going to walk. I'm going to run with them yeah. uh, to the finish race here. And if you have questions, if you can't reach either of them, please feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, I am Mary H. Parker, and I will inbox you uh, with information um, accordingly. So we are off to another race. It has been wonderful. It's been fun. And I'm so excited to be hanging out with these guys. And, yes, you've probably already guessed it. I, Mary Parker, and team are preparing to go into the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yes. <laughs> it's not over. We will be back. Stay tuned. Oh, before Can we have a closing statement? Yes, before. Okay, great. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, Mary, uh, I'm sitting here and at dinner last night, I just continue to look at you and admire your spirit 
I, I can tell when someone is a hypocrite, and I can tell when someone is sincere. Uh, God has given me that kind of spirit. And I'm saying you have the package of being an honest person, a person that just want to help. I, I keep smiling because... I, I just see it all over you. Ooh, thank I you, feel Jesus. that spirit of, you, you know, caring for people yes. and uplifting people and, and empowering people. And, and so that's my life. Uh, and so looking at you with that, and I don't tell everybody that, okay? So I agree with my partner when he talk about politician. I don't ask the politic kind of stuff. Yeah. What you see with me, you either love me or you hate me. There's no <laughs> in between. All right? So uh, most people love me, and the one that hates really come very strong, but we always beat them down. <laughs> Hold your closing remarks because I've got to say something here. <laughs> this is, by the way, the Chick in Charge podcast. I've not called it out very much, but I want to make sure that you understand why we have Senator Hansen here because she is indeed a Chick in Charge. Now, that's not an attitude. It is a posture, and she's positioned herself, and we're supporting it. So you go, girl. Thank you. You go, too. <laughs> and thank you so much for those comments. No, I, I mean I it. Every that. drop of it. Yes, okay? I received that. Thank, thank you. you. And now you may have closing well, I can, remarks. I, I, I can tell you that I'm never intimidated by a woman's strength. Never have and never will be. In fact, I, I, I think it's, it's up to us as, as leaders to maximize it you know, actually tap into its greatest potential Yeah. because it makes the world of a difference. And I think that uh, Virgin Islanders will appreciate the style of leadership that we bring to the table, but the camaraderie that we have between us and the trajectory that they will, the trajectory that they will actually witness. And we look forward to a, not a Virgin Islands that is better, but a Virgin Islands that is prosperous. Yes. And I, I, I don't like to use the term great again because someone else uses that that I'm <laughs> not comfortable with. No pun intended. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we appreciate you. I wanted to thank you for having us here on the program and all your support staff and everyone else. And um, we look forward to a, 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 a enjoyable afternoon um, of activities. Oh, yes. We're going to have fun while we work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so thank much you. for being here. Again, thank you. And let's empower everyone. Uh, God made everyone in different colors, uh, different statues. We just have to embrace everyone because he says so. If he didn't want a different color, he would not have made it. And so we are to rise up together. Love it. Love it. I'm so, feel, I'm so full of energy today, you guys. And I know that you can hear it within my voice. And uh, as always, I'm always working for you. And I, I also agree with you about instilling hope and people who've lost, yes. who've lost trust. We have to go now. And we don't uh, afraid them, eh? I know. No, we afraid them. <laughs> D-E-M, not T-H-E-M. Understood. We don't afraid them. No them. And that's because we have a government right now that's intimidating and has everyone afraid of him. So we are moving people upward, letting them know we, together we will rise, so don't afraid them. All right. All, all right. right. This has been wonderful. Can you? T oh, go ahead. This has been wonderful. Again, thank you, Port, for being here. I know yeah. you didn't get in too often, but, you know, you've just got to chime in when you get a conversation going like this. So thank you very much. We are not gone, but we are signing off today. Stay tuned.
Thank you for being a part of the Chick in Charge podcast with Mary Parker. Subscribe to The Chick in Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chick in Charge.